The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, I think I am live. I'm Dr. Mary Barbera, and I am thrilled to be here for the podcast-a-thon today. Thank you so much, Shannon Penrod and all of the crew of Autism Live and everyone responsible for this 44-hour live podcast. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. I am hoping that I can share my PowerPoint. So if you give me a minute, we are live on Facebook on, oh great, my PowerPoint is magically popped up. We're on live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and we are taking your live comments and questions. Um, I'm going to present a little bit, then we'll take comments and questions. So I'm going to tell you a lot about myself um, and uh, as we go, but if you are here, welcome. And also, um, we are going to uh, have all of these podcasts available for free download wherever you listen to podcasts um, next week, I believe. So let's see if we can advance the screen, which worked in tech check, but doesn't appear to be working. <laughs> okay, we gotta love this. Okay. Um, okay. Well, just bear with me. Maybe we won't be using a PowerPoint, but that's okay. I can do either way. Um, if the tech guys can advance, maybe the slideshow, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, um, okay. Well, you know what? We're just going to wing it. <laughs> Thank goodness I printed out my PowerPoint <laughs> like the olden days, but, um, yeah. So let us just take it from here without the PowerPoint that I had planned. But my PowerPoint is entitled Increase Talking, Decrease Tantrums, and Improve Self-Care Skills, Three Action Steps for Parents and Professionals. Um, I have been in the autism world since the late 1990s when my firstborn son, Lucas, um, started showing signs of autism with a speech delay, um, a regression of skills. He was pointing and waving and then stopped. 
Um, and he started to show signs of autism, but I didn't notice. I was at the time a master's prepared nurse. I was pregnant with um, my second son, Spencer, and um, I didn't notice the subtle changes. I mean, it wasn't a big regression. It was just subtle. Like he became a picky eater. He stopped waving, stopped doing the sing-songy games we play. Um, and my husband, who's a physician, first became concerned when I actually had the baby, Spencer, when Lucas was just turning 18 months of age. He was completely oblivious to the baby, completely um uh, didn't understand any of the situation, which as a physician, he thought he should understand more of that. And um, mentioned the possibility of autism when Lucas was just 21 months of age. In my first book, The Verbal Behavior Approach, just grab this, The Verbal Behavior Approach, How to Teach Children with Autism and Related Disorders. This was published in 2007. The first page of this book is basically... Um, that story of my husband first mentioned the possibility of autism and I told him I didn't want to hear it. Um, he didn't have autism and I went into a deep state of denial. So that began my journey, um, that first year of denial and then finally a diagnosis. But before I get too much more into my story, because then I became a professional and wrote books and have online courses, but I do want to um, see who's here, see who is joining us. This is the 9 to 10 a.m. hour Eastern time, but I know there's people from all over the world, and I've traveled all over the world speaking about autism, and I'm going to tell you more about my journey. So I usually help... three different types of people. I help parents of very young children with a diagnosis of autism or um, showing signs of autism. I heard um, Shannon right before I came on talking about early intensive behavior um, intervention for young kids under five. So that's the parents of kids under five I help. I also help parents of older kids um, uh, over, you know, school age, six plus. Um, but most of the kids, cause we all know that the, the spectrum of autism is huge. And, um, so we, I mostly help kids with, um, who are not conversational, who are having, still having language issues, still having problem behaviors, and still having self-care issues. So um, maybe struggling with, you know, talking, uh, potty, sleeping, picky eating, tantrums, and other problem behaviors, whatever the age is. Um, And then I also help professionals. I give continuing education to behavior analysts through my courses, Um, I help speech pathologists, teachers, paraprofessionals, registered behavior technicians. Um, and so I like to help everybody together when I go to present, when I have presented in the past all around the world, people have said, well, okay, in the morning you can present to the parents and the afternoon to the professionals. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to present the same information to everybody together because we all need to be on the same team. 
So let me know here if you are number one parent of a young child, and this could be a caregiver, um, a grandparent, any any caregiver of a one to five-year-old um, who has autism or signs of autism. Bucket number two, if you're in there, group number two is um, parents of older kids, school-age kids, even teens and adults. And then um, <clears throat> bucket number three is if you're a professional in the field, uh, autism professional, early intervention professional. You don't have to say one, two, or three. You could just tell me who's here. Um, that will make it a lot more interactive, especially without my slideshow and without the videos I was going to show you. But I will try to, um, and we are we are live. We are taking questions and comments along the way, and I will uh, really try to um, answer them. Okay, so Amanda says, thank you for all you do. Your book was one of the first I read when my son was three. He's 14 now. Awesome. Um, and I have another book, which I'm going to talk about too. My son is two and nine months old. Excellent. I mean, it's great. And the, this child's nonverbal. Um, that's really my what I specialize in now, even though my boys are both in their 20s. Um, Lucas is 26 and he still has moderate to severe autism and an intellectual disability. He needs, um, 24 seven supervision and he's, but he's very, um, happy major problem behaviors are at or near zero. He is, uh, he can talk, he can, um, he's not conversational. He can shower himself, dress himself completely toilet trained. And then we have Spencer, who's 18 months younger. He's in medical school. So whether your um, children are older, but I have really specialized in with my second book, Turn Autism Around, an action guide for parents of young children with early signs of autism. I have really kind of gone back down the mountain to help parents of little kids. Um, because, um, you can start all of this intervention, even if there's no diagnosis, even if there's no major signs, what I write in my turn autism around book and, um, and, uh, what I, what I teach in my online course for toddlers and preschoolers is, um, that there's a lot you can do regardless of whether it's maybe it's early signs of ADHD. Maybe it's the fact that you have a sibling or you've got um, cousins who have severe autism and now you're worried about speech delay or something like that. Um, there's so much parent led therapy that can be happening um, in your homes without, without insurance, without um you know, the need to get into a, a waiting list for a clinic and those sorts of things. Not to say that those clinics aren't doing a great job and you might need that, but I really specialize in young kids, um, kids with signs of autism, kids with early diagnoses, and then older kids who are like Lucas and still struggle with talking, self-care, um, problem behaviors. Okay. So we have some more comments. Excellent. Uh, son is five years old, nonverbal. I believe he's starting to respond to his name only. 
with your techniques in your first book. He has regression and multiple skills and is going, um, it's going good with certain skills like grooming. Yeah. So for all of those of you and, and the tech guys, we, um, all right. They're saying if I share my screen to the window, which I did try, let's just try one more time for this PowerPoint. We did, we did practice on tech and, um, are you guys seeing that? Um, the problem is, is that, um, Okay, so that did work. It's just I have to go back and forth. Bear with me. All right. I'm just going to I'm just going to go. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll I'll rely on my assistant Rachel's here and she can interrupt me with questions or whatever cuz I can't see the screen and my slides at the same time. Okay. <clears throat> Let's just go quick because now we've got 45 minutes, but I think this might help because I do have some videos that I want to share. Um, okay. We're going to talk about the struggles facing parents and professionals, children of any age. You know, we've talked about now my, my kids are in their, are in their twenties. I work with young kids and older kids and professionals. I like to help everybody all together. We are going to give you three action steps to start taking and then information on for those of you that want to go deeper. And all throughout, if you do have a question, um, type it in the chat wherever you're listening and I will try to answer it. And if you don't get your answer, you can always email us through our website, marybarbera.com, and we will answer your questions there. Even if you're listening to the recording and you have a question, um, you can always contact me through my website. Okay, so we already talked about um, parents of young children. Let me just tell you quickly about Kelsey, who um, joined our online course and community when her older son, Brentley, um, was diagnosed with autism. She uh, was a single mom of two. She still is. And Brentley uh, started showing signs at two. Luckily, Kelsey was a, a really good friend of a behavior analyst. And she told her that she needed to get him diagnosed and to get ABA therapy. But she did that. And she thought that ABA therapy would just be presented and it would be all fine. And it she waited a year for a diagnosis, three more months to get him into an ABA clinic and was driving him an hour each way to this ABA clinic in Canada. And unfortunately they were working on the wrong things. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things I say now is no therapy is better than bad therapy. And, um, so, you know, just because you are in, you know, speech therapy twice a week or ABA clinic or people are coming to your house or you're in sensory integration therapy. It doesn't mean that these are bad people. It's just they're not um, using, if they're not using a child-friendly approach and they're not making headway, Brentley was unsuccessful because they were working on things like colors when he couldn't even request a drink. 
And he was also having severe problem behaviors, banging his head on hard surfaces. She couldn't take him out without a leash and a harness or having him on a backpack with uh, her baby on the front pack. And then her baby started showing signs of autism as well. Um, so Kelsey now is um, a member of my team. She's my community manager and she's on my podcast, my Turn Autism Around podcast a lot with me as well. Um, parents of older children, like here, Adve, he, I think he's about eight or 10 in this picture. He also had a little brother who started showing speech delay or maybe signs of autism during the COVID pandemic when, when daycare stopped. Um, I went over to evaluate the, the little guy here and, and he actually, um, was just staying home too much and on the iPad too much while the parents were trying to work during COVID. So he got back on track, um, when daycare opened and I gave parents some, some tips to turn things around, but Adve remains like Lucas with moderate to severe autism and needs supervision. And then we have Dr. Allie Patterson here. She's a board certified behavior analyst like I am. And she joined my online course and community um, during COVID so that she can provide better therapy, both over Zoom and in person. Okay. So we went over my story. I thought everything was great when Spencer was born. And then... Um, you know, I lived in the suburbs. I had a master's degree in nursing, married to a physician, house in the suburbs, white picket fence. I thought everything was great until my husband first mentioned the possibility of autism. But that was, well, 18 months when Spencer was born. He, Charlie mentioned the possibility of autism when he was 21 months. And from 21 months until 36 months, the day before his third birthday, Lucas was diagnosed with autism. But that waiting time, that, what is it, 15 months um, period, um, 18 months, and then it was 39 months before we started intensive therapy. And you know, that was a critical window of time, which is why I'm so passionate about you know, getting to kids as early as possible. Um, here I am blowing out the candle because Lucas had no idea how to do that. I Every time I would turn my back, he would strip down to his diaper or even take his diaper off. I had no idea how I was supposed to keep him clothed. He had some what I call pop-out words now, but I didn't know how to teach him to talk. Um, so I had really no idea what I was going to do. So we started ABA therapy, applied behavior analysis therapy, and you might be listening thinking, oh no, I don't like ABA. ABA um, is bad. Um, the ABA, applied behavior analysis, is the science of changing behavior. It's always around us. It's always working. It's like the laws of physics. If you reinforce a behavior, it will maintain or go up. Um, and so there's the science of ABA, which um, I don't think people have a problem with. But just like in Kelsey's case, the ABA therapy that was being applied to her two-year-old who was banging his head and running out the clinic door three blocks into the street and trying to teach him colors was not working. So um, I'm kind of here to defend ABA um, to some degree, but to say that any therapy you do 
it should be child friendly, positive, um, no punishment, and should be leading to progress. So therapy can look all pleasant, but if we're not making progress, um, then it's probably not a good fit either. So I felt like I was very much in a maze. I didn't know what to do. Um, I had, you know, a master's degree in nursing, but that didn't really help with the nitty gritty of exactly how to teach him uh, any of this. And so I learned through his um, behavior therapists and and consultant, there wasn't even behavior analysts back then, um, what to do. And then I found that I really liked it. And I was kind of horrified that no one knew what they were doing. Um, this is back in 1999. And so I became a board certified behavior analyst and started helping kids. But <clears throat> the waiting lists even back in the late 1990s were, were pretty bad. But now with the rate of autism being one in 36, um, the wait list for evaluations and the wait list for treatment, um, especially great treatment, it, are pretty bad. And that the wait list people have told me are like nine months to two years. That was even pre-COVID. So I've done a lot of work and on my Turn Autism Around podcast, interviewed people like Dr. Catherine Lord about what COVID did to the diagnosis and the wait times. Um, so it's even more important than ever that parents take action, that early intervention professionals take action. It doesn't matter if it's autism, it all can be treated. In fact, Temple Grandin wrote the foreword for my book, Turn Autism Around. And um, she wrote on the back cover, uh, the blurb for the back cover, she said, if your child has no words, few words, or is showing any kinds of delays, Mary's book will help while also providing step-by-step -step instructions for parent training, feeding, tantrums, and more. It doesn't matter. We've got to get to the kids and the parents and the early intervention professionals. I gave this statistic, which just came out from the CDC um, last month. Um, in March of 2023 for one in 36 kids having autism, one in every six children has some kind of developmental disorder, including autism, ADHD, and learning disabilities. So we don't know when a child has a speech delay or doesn't really seem to be aware or, um, learning colors or whatever. We don't know what that's going to potentially be. Is that going to be a learning disability? If they're, you know, socially awkward, but hyperlexic and know their letters and numbers, you know, is that a sign of autism or are they, is that a sign of giftedness or is it a sign of both? I don't think anybody should take any chances. And I think we just help kids. We utilize their strengths and we bring up their weaknesses. Okay, so this is Lucas back then, and um, this picture is a couple years ago, but I told you that Lucas is 26 and um, doing well, but still is very impaired and needs care. Um, I then became a behavior analyst, and I was the lead behavior analyst for the Pennsylvania Verbal Behavior Project for seven years, where I worked alongside with teachers, speech therapists, um, paraprofessionals. I even helped school bus drivers and, 
and cafeteria aides and anybody who would um, listen. I was in the classrooms doing guided practice and we really brought grade ABA and verbal behavior into the public schools in Pennsylvania. That project is actually still going on. It's the Patent Autism ABA Initiative. But I left in 2010 to uh, finish up my PhD in leadership and also to start working with younger kids. In 2007, I wrote this book called The Verbal Behavior Approach, How to Teach Children with Autism and Related Disorders. And um, that book is available in 17 languages, um, including Spanish, which was the very last translation. And the good news is Turn Autism Around is already published in Spanish as its first translation. Um, Dr. Mark Sundberg did the foreword for this book, and it is a classic now, um, 2007. It's old, um, but I wrote it in a very classic way, and it's used in graduate-level ABA coursework, but it can also be read by a novice parent. That book enabled me to travel the world. Here I am in Australia, um, in 2017, I believe, to a sold out crowd of 300. But going internationally and going door to door in early intervention after I left the Verbal Behavior Project um, wasn't really moving the needle for me to get my whole approach out to the world. Here I am with Cody and his mom, Jenna. Um, and we were implementing all of this proven child-friendly strategies that I used in classrooms throughout the state of Pennsylvania into homes and training parents and early intervention professionals. And I knew I needed to do more. So um, I joined Jeff Walker's uh, launch club and began um, online courses. Um, and that's basically what I do. I, I produce uh, podcasts and YouTube videos and uh, online courses. And I believe that I know I learned a ton about uh, how to how to do things, how to run webinars, how to um, do a podcast, how to play the piano all online. And we have parents and professionals from over 100 countries who purchased one or more of my courses and have learned online as well. And then in 2021, Hay House published my book, Turn Autism Around, with a foreword by Temple Grandin. And we have chapters on, you know, why why the autism, the autism rate is rising, what to do about it, what to do about denial. And if you have siblings or preemies or um, cousins, um, how to, it, it really doesn't matter. There are a lot of parent-led strategies, all positive, that can help. And we have chapters on talking, tantrums, eating, picky eating, sleeping, potty training, going to the doctor's dentist haircuts without a fuss, and it's a big advocacy guide too. Mostly for parents of young children and professionals of one to five-year-olds, but if you have a, um, an older child who is still functioning in some ways, still has some trouble with self-care, language, or tantrums, it's a great book to pick up as well. So what does turning autism around? I know I've gotten a little pushback about, um, you know, the title. What do you mean turn autism around? I don't want my autism turned around. That's coming from 
adults who are who are on the spectrum who are conversational and they're self-advocating and they don't like ABA. They they probably had maybe had experience with the ABA that Kelsey experienced early on. She ended up leaving the clinic and just doing my online courses and um, hiring private, you know, online help as needed to supplement that. But she really turned things around. So turn autism around means we use the science of applied behavior analysis, the science, the science that's always working. We also use the verbal behavior approach and Skinner's analysis of verbal behavior. We break things down into manding, tacting, intraverbals, all the things that we're not going to get into here. I also use my nursing background as well as my background as an advocate, as an autism mom, and as a behavior analyst, obviously, to work on increasing talking, decreasing tantrums, improving self-care. And then... um, We want each child to reach their fullest potential and be as safe, as independent, and as happy as possible. And that's a moving bar. That's not, we get them there and then we're done. I mean, I'm never done. 26 years old, this is my son. And, you know, we're we're always constantly striving to help him be safer, more independent, and happier. Um, Here is a white paper that my BCBA mentor, Rick Kamina, and I published Back in 2022, um, it was actually published on 2-22-22. I love that when those all those numbers align. But this was um, Elena, who's a little girl here, pictured here, when her mom, Michelle, started my program when she was two. 2-22-22, when this case study was published, was actually Elena's fourth birthday. And Elena made all kinds of gains with mom taking the online course during COVID with the COVID shutdown. She got no other therapy and she went from two words to 500 words. She stopped having self-injurious behavior. And at four, now she just turned five. She is um, functioning very well without any support or um, any need for an IEP going into kindergarten. That's, that's a very, uh, you know, almost miraculous uh, example of turning autism around. Um, but, you know, kids can make progress and um, the earlier you start, the better. So here are some resources uh, on the slide is marybarbera.com forward slash white paper. You can read this whole white paper. Um, and then Michelle here, she actually works for me now too. Um, she was on podcast 78 and 164. Um along the way to show kind of her, her story. Okay. Before we move on to the three action steps, I'm wondering if Rachel, if you could um, come on, um, on at least audio and let me know if there are any questions or comments that are pertinent. Can you hear me? Oh, now I can. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, nope. At this point, you know, just some good comments about, you know, appreciating your work and that, you know, it is really great when good ABA is available. Nice. All right. Perfect. So if you have questions, put them wherever you're listening and they'll funnel our way. And um, hopefully we'll we'll have some questions at the end. So that's great. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, let's go on for the three action steps you can take starting today. 
So action step number one is we need to focus on the right things in the right order. Um, Here's little Jacob. I worked with him early on. And um, we need to look at things like where your child or client is at in terms of language, problem behaviors, leisure skills, self-care, potty, grooming, dressing, you know, when they get to be a little older, teaching them to go from the bath to the shower. If you have a a male, you know, teaching them how to shave. If you like, there's so many self-care things as a nurse and a, a former neuro nurse. I always worked in the neuro field and the rehab field. There's so much improvement that can be made um, in different areas as the child ages. And unfortunately for parents, that's not always feasible for the school to work on or to work on only. Um, So there really needs to be that collaboration. We also need to figure out where the child or client is at in terms of academics, inclusion, social skills, safety awareness, eating and sleeping, and happiness. I'm a big proponent on programming for happiness. We've even taken data on smiles and laughs, and we constantly want to help kids and families and parents be as happy as possible. And professionals. We want good professionals in the field. I think once you see progress, like little Elena's progress, it's so motivating, right? To keep at it. If you are in a situation where you're being told to, uh, you know, to nag kids, to keep the demand on, to let kids scream, that that's just part of the process. That's not part of the process. That's not part of good ABA. Um, So there is a better way. And we need to no matter what, at what age we need to be focusing on happiness. In 2022, I invested a lot of time and a lot of financial resources to turn this one-page assessment, which is in both of my books. I actually created this one-page assessment um, many, many years ago. It's in both of my books. It's in page, I think, 49 of Turn Autism Around. But we took this and we hired a software company, and now the software is available. The, the paper version took about 10 minutes. The digital version is taking about 10 minutes as well. But with the digital version, you can get for free at marybarbera.com forward slash free assessment. The digital version will give you scores in those three areas that I'm focusing on, self-care, language and learning, and problem behaviors. So that's really where... I have put a lot of my time and focus last year and we're still, we're tweaking it. We're making it better. Um, And it is really the first step of figuring out where your child or client is at. Um, And uh, we can then take this assessment and turn it into a plan, which we help people step-by-step in our online courses. This is the planning form. We have a procedure to take that assessment turn it into a plan. And at that point, if your child is in school or or uh, a preschool and has an IEP, this could really make the difference and kind of have everybody get on the same page with what, what skills are most appropriate. 
Here's a former client of mine, Chino, who actually reminded me a lot of Lucas. He'd have pop-out words. He was 21, 20 months old when I started. Mom was really stressed. She had three kids under three. They were a bilingual family. Um, they were living near me. Um, so they spoke English, but they also were, were very interested and wanted to speak Spanish in the home. Um, they were not thinking autism when I arrived, but soon after, um, we kind of bridged that gap of getting him on a wait list for an autism evaluation. It was clear. I, I am trained on the screening tool for autism in toddlers. And, um, here is part of the stat is, is, um, there's like 12 little tests and one of them is doll play. So you have all the doll and equipment and you say, here's my doll. And all he has to do is put the doll in the bed. Um, but, um, he did not, um, him, you know, stirring a spoon in a cup that doesn't count as a pass. He doesn't have to talk. He did not talk during this. He had just turned two. He did not talk for the whole 30 minute administration. He had no words. Um, but we're just looking for like him sucking on the bottle doesn't count. Um, yeah, so he failed that subtest test and he failed the whole stat test and he scored a four out of four, which, um, he did then, um, at two and a half, he did get a diagnosis of moderate sphere autism, just like Lucas did. And in the meantime, when he got the diagnosis, we were able to get, um, 20 hours of ABA therapy. Um, and most of his therapy looked like this. I would go in weekly to observe and to train. And like this therapist became a BCBA too, as did many. So here's Chino doing um, table time. Point to cat. Good job. What's this? Touch mouth. Touch knees. Good job. What color? Good. What color? Red. Red. Good. What's this? Dad. Good. Say daddy. Daddy. Good job. Touch head. Chino, touch head. Good job. Show me. And then one year later, almost to the day, um, I did the stat again. The stat isn't really um, used pre and post, but I had the stat and I thought I'd do it again. And he, he had made so much progress. So here's him with the doll. His mom is in the back. Shedding tears of joy. So he passed, but now he also said night, night. We just kept the camera rolling. Um, and we never played with dolls as part of his program. He never saw this equipment in between those two administrations. He had just literally made a ton of progress. Um, first with parent-led therapy and then adding the 20 hours a week of night-night baby. He's stringing words together naturally, which is all a part of my program. We don't want to teach kids rotely. Um and, you know, just had a ton of language. Ah. And he, um, 
Tino is uh, now older and he is, he became bilingual, um, fully conversational. He still has um, some support in school, I believe, and some IP, but he made a ton of gains. And I, I think those videos, which I obviously have permission to show, um, I also interviewed Chino's mom for a podcast episode. You can always search Mary Autism Plus things like Chino's mom or my Mary's Denial or something to find video blogs or podcasts that might help you. <clears throat> okay, let's talk about action step number two. So action step number one is focus on the right things in the right order. Action step number two is to spend 95% of your time preventing problem behaviors. So if you or your team or your school is putting your child in timeout or using um, any kind of keep the demand on, having any kind of aggression, self-injurious behavior, property destruction, you're probably not spending enough time on prevention. So here's a little girl. I actually have a video of a little girl screaming. I did not want to show, but you know, here's a little girl screaming. Okay. So you're, I would have questions if I didn't know this girl, which and in the beginning, I didn't know this girl. So I would have questions like, how old is she? I can't really tell. Is she, um, can she talk? Can, what's her general ability level? Why is she crying? How many times a day does this happen? Does this escalate to self-injurious behavior or, or, um, aggression? And what happens usually to stop this? Does mom pick her up? Does she get ignored until she stands up herself? Or what happens? And usually it's a mixture of things. Like depending if you're in a hurry and you've got to get her somewhere, are bribes being made? Come on, honey, you got to get up. We're going to go get a cookie. You know, those kind of things um, in the moment, you, there's no such thing as a win-win here. If a child's on the ground crying, there's no win-win. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't bribe or you shouldn't pick up. Or If you're in a parking lot, you're obviously going to pick her up and keep her safe. Safety's always paramount. Um, but it shows me that if this is happening, and it was happening, this is the little girl that I had the video of her screaming. It was happening 10 times a day. And um, she was three when the video was taken and her two brothers had autism and she was diagnosed herself with a sibling study at the age of two. And um, Faith did this 10 times a day. And sometimes mom would have be in a rush and have to pick her up and put her in the car seat screaming. Sometimes she would ignore her and sometimes she would bribe her to get up. None of which are a good idea, you know? So we spent the next couple of years, but this is only weeks later after the video. This is literally, we are working on sitting at the table, tacting or labeling imitation, introverbals or answering questions or fill in the blanks, following directions, making choices, manding and potty. We're, we're focusing on so many things all at the same time here. Go! <gasps> Do this. Awesome. What's this? No. No, you're so smart. Do this. Good job. What's this called? Oh, 
arm. You end up hard with all the bears. Can you dump them in? And we use the bears here for reinforcement. Um, like a, almost like a token economy. What is a token system? And then we give her choices and fish. Um, we were working on potty out in the kitchen. So she just had underwear on and the bathroom was very close by. Um, so this is, in my opinion, what good ABA looks like. Um, it doesn't have to be at a table either. I have examples of, of her and others elsewhere, but I do, I am a big proponent on table time, even for little kids, because it's easier to get all your reinforcers together. And it's also really easier to train um, parents and professionals. But my table time is very different because we bring in a lot of requesting and choices and fun and um, games and um, reinforcement a lot of reinforcement, a lot of dense reinforcement. Okay. So, um, we went through the first two action steps, action step number three. And if you have questions, now would be the time questions or comments, put them in the chat because we're going to have a couple minutes at the end and I'd love to come back and answer them. All right. Collaborate with other parents and professionals. I've pretty much said that the whole time having worn multiple hats in the field. Um, I can say that this is a huge, huge deal. If you're a parent out there, you've got to collaborate with other, with professionals, with other parents. Um, you really need to find your way. Some of my best friends are friends I met in the autism world early on. And now with so many, you know, internet and social media, um, there's a lot of collaboration efforts with other parents that you never have to meet. Um, a lot of my online participants, I have never met before. And so there's a lot of things that you can do, um, even starting today. And I believe that one, at least one parent needs to really become the captain of the ship to coordinate things, to really, um, make sure things are child-friendly, make sure there's good carryover between school or home or clinic or community. Um, the child should be safe, independent, and happy in all environments. So if you're taking your child to speech therapy or anywhere and they're they're not happy going in, you know, the first couple visits may not be great, but um, you're, especially if your child is very young or unable to communicate for themselves, you know, I don't care what, Lucas is 26 years old, I'm going with him into the doctors, into a speech therapy, into, he can't advocate for himself. Um, and, you know, we've, we've all heard horror stories of, of going to some kind of speech therapy, for instance, um, where you're driving and then they're like, our policy is that we bring the child back, but on their own. Well, that's not doing anybody any good. First of all, the child is having separation anxiety. Second of all, if you're, if you're not doing child-friendly things, the parent needs to know about it. The parent needs to advocate for the child. And also, if you are doing great things, the parent needs to at least watch through a two-way glass to ensure safety and also learn how to do things themselves at home. So my goal for Lucas and Spencer and for all the children in my world without, with or without autism, safety, 
independence, and happiness. So safety for Lucas looks very different than safety for Spencer. Um, you know, Spencer is flies on planes and takes care of all of his, uh, you know, car needs and house needs and, and, you know, works on everything independently. His safety is, is, you know, different and we keep Lucas safe, but we also have a medical alert bracelet. We also have, now he just got a cell phone, um, so that I can track him, um, and we always want to focus on happiness. And we also want to always have kids reaching their fullest potential. And that, like I said earlier, is a moving bar. So here's a little clip of Brentley. This is Kelsey's oldest son who was on the backpack earlier in the presentation. She did, through the online course, get his hang- head banging to zero. She no longer needed a leash and a harness. His language improved and she... No more driving an hour each way to the clinic. Um, What's this? Ball. Good. You throw up. Ball. Good job. How old are you? Three. And what's your name? Reggie. Show me laughing. <gasps> Good. What am I doing? <coughs> Coffee. Good. Yeah, so you can see how much progress he made. So here's some action steps to turn autism around, increase talking, decrease tantrums, and improve self-care. We want to focus on the right things in the right order. We want to spend 95% of our time preventing problem behaviors and collaborate with other parents and professionals to help each child reach their fullest potential. So I know I blasted you with a lot of information. We are going to answer some questions. Um, But there are ways that you can keep in touch with me and you can learn more about the Turn Autism Around approach. Um, There's some free resources. You can subscribe to the Turn Autism Around podcast. We have over a million downloads now, and we produce a new podcast every single Tuesday for over 40 years. Um, You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have um, over 140,000 subscribers there, so you'll be in good company. And you can always go to marybarbera.com you can contact me through there. And you, if you're out and about and you don't remember my last name or you just want to um, search for something like Chino Story or the white paper or whatever, just say Mary Autism plus your topic. And uh, chances are very high. I will have a video blog or a podcast that is right for you. But I would encourage you not to stay in the sea of free too long. Um, especially if your child is not doing well or you're a professional who really wants to make your ABA sessions, your speech therapy sessions, much more positive. I would encourage you to join my online course and community um, and to read Turn Autism Around, um, my newest book. You can actually get the first two chapters for free and all the book resources And then finally, joining the course is really going to be your best bet. Um, We we have um, a a participant, online course participant, Ruth, who in the fall, she came on. um, I was doing a webinar and I was trying to uh, get people to join the course. And um, Ruth got on and she said that she... uh, 
she listened to every single one of over 200 podcasts and her child was five and still struggling, but she got him, you know, sleeping better and, and potty trained with the free information. But I encouraged her to join the course and she is, she did a podcast herself. Um, it's never too early or too late to start turning things around, even signs of autism around. Um, I say it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but it's actually a marathon on a roller coaster. So I hope this was helpful. I will go back on screen and we can stop sharing. Um, yeah, to answer any final questions. I know we have limited time. So let me see. Um, <clears throat> Uh, um, so Amanda has a couple questions. Um, one is what, how do I feel about response cost? And that is like, um, taking something away if you do something. So, um, you know, you're going to lose TV time or your iPad, um, if you, do certain things. Um, that's a clearly a reactive strategy, um, which I would say I want to spend 95% of my time. So that's the thing about like these kind of question periods, or even in my online course and community, like we teach you how to, how to fish, how to do the assessment, how to make a plan, how to decide on interventions. Because without knowing anything about your son, I mean, I'm certainly not going to tell you to stop response costs if he has a behavioral team in place and, um, you know, all kinds of things. Like it's uh, complicated and we don't want, we always want to keep safety as first. So I would, I don't use response costs. Um, I don't use elaborate systems of to react to problem behaviors. I want to spend my most of my time preventing them. Um, which book would you recommend for me for my 10-year-old? Lots of scripting and needs help with executive function. Um, I would probably start with Turn Autism Around. It's my newest book. My, my verbal behavior approach um, is kind of... Um, you know, is older, but it also is more, um, more, you know, manding, tacting. Um, but I would really encourage both of you, the, both the Amanda and Joanne, um, to consider the online course for older kids because there you can really get step-by-step -step instructions and a full community to support because, <clears throat> excuse me, as kids get older, it becomes really um, quite challenging, you know, if a child's not toilet trained or if a child's uh, nonstop scripting, that sort of thing. Um, so Andrea said, when we joined the course online, how long do we have access to the information? It it um, varies. We usually do 60 days for our main toddler and school age course, but um, then we have people transition to more of a monthly or annual fee. And people say, oh, well, why, you know, can't I just get, you know, lifetime access? 
we you can make a lot of progress in 60 days, especially in our toddler preschooler course is our best-selling course. And that's really where kids make phenomenal progress. Um, but we provide a lot of community support. I am uh, in this full-time now. I I have a, um, a full-time team member, Rachel. I have coaches. Um, we really do provide a lot of community support and technical support and Moving to the verbal behavior bundle, um, that course right this minute is six months of access. Um, but most of our, our participants do stay for the long term. And then there's a, a very small annual fee to stay or a monthly fee. So uh, I wouldn't let that dissuade you. Just like anything else, you learn swimming, you learn to play the piano, you learn guitar. This is a process like to get more information. And the other thing I've learned as an online marketer is if you pay, you pay attention. And if if it's free, if I mean, there's so much free information out in the autism world, right? People say that all the time. Why should I? I mean, this is 44 hours of free information. Why should I pay for things? But if you pay, you will be invested my program is guaranteed for 14 days. So you get in, you start, and you will see progress. Um, and it, it's not going to be easy with a 10 or 14-year-old or because it's been years of, you know, it's complicated. Um, but I really do think that it's the best path forward for many of you. And you know, you can always email us and you can attend a free workshop and you can see um, it's not magic. Um, but for kids with signs of autism and very little kids, it sometimes looks like magic. For older kids, it rarely looks like magic because it's been years of potentially reinforcing the wrong things. Um <clears throat> Will Turn Autism Around help me teach my adult son how to cooperate with doing blood draws? Have only been able to do blood work when in the OR for dental work. Yeah, it's it's tough. I do have a chapter on desensitization. It's the last chapter, chapter 13. I would definitely take a look. Um, and then also search Mary Autism Desensitization. I have full blood video blogs and because of my background as a registered nurse and a behavior analyst um, is, is really, uh, I think, why my techniques work great. So it looks like we need to wrap up. I once again want to thank you for attending. Even if you're listening to the recording, thank you. Um, thank Shannon and all the team at Autism Live for this great opportunity. You can always email us at marybarbera.com. And I look forward to helping you on your journey. Thanks again.